Welcome to Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Soundprints for September 16, 2018. Have you visited the ACB Mini Mall lately? You don't even need to leave home to shop at the Mini Mall. Just go to acb.org and follow the Mini Mall link. We are adding lots of new products to the online mall. Most of the new items debuted at the ACB National Conference and Convention in St. Louis are now being placed in the Mini Mall. Now folks at home who couldn't attend the convention can also enjoy these great new products. We're going to be telling you about a few of them today and then we'll be adding more in the next few weeks. There's a new ACB computer backpack, a beautiful big etched coffee mug that holds 24 ounces of your favorite Java, and it says ACB in print and braille. There are new tote bags with the new ACB logo and new power banks that feature the ACB logo that lights up when the power bank is charging your cell phone all throughout the day. Many more products coming soon. Visit the ACB Mini Mall at www.acb.org or at mall.acb.org or give us a call at 877-630-7190. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind has been sponsoring roundabouts each Friday afternoon and evening at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville since January of 2015. Each Friday features individual and group learning opportunities, dinner and games, sometimes crafts, and time to visit with friends after dinner. 32 people were at Roundabout this past Friday. Deb Lewis led the group sharing time with a discussion of easy ways to prepare vegetables for cooking. And after dinner, we played bingo. Last week, on September 7, 26 people participated in a discussion of using apps to help handle those pesky little chores that require vision. Sue Ellen Milo led the discussion by explaining and demoing the Be My Eyes app and the Be Specular apps for the iPhone. We also covered Tap Tap C and Seeing AI, and everyone shared their tips for using each of the apps most effectively. Thanks to Adam Rushevel for editing Sue Ellen's presentation on Be My Eyes and Be Specular. We bring it to you on page two, and we hope those of you who perhaps aren't familiar with those apps will find them useful. This past week, there was an excellent in-depth article in USA Today about the future of accessible features in developing technologies. The article covered Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and many other companies. The article quotes a number of individuals from the disabled community, including ACB members Doug Wakefield and Don Barrett and ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges. We hope you enjoy this look ahead for technology on page 3. On page 4, read about a call to action. It's from Tony Stevens, ACB Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, 
and it concerns a bill in the United States Senate that would assure access to autonomous vehicles for people with disabilities. Also find out about the first visually impaired participant on Dancing with the Stars and the future of treatments for macular degeneration. And on page 5 is the Soundprints calendar. Page 2. Today, Sue Ellen is going to demonstrate a couple of things for us. She's going to demonstrate Be My Eyes, the app Be My Eyes. It's been around a while. We've talked about it before. But um, apps change and the functionality changes of the apps. And, um, and sometimes, even if that doesn't change, there's just, um, we all need a refresher. Or maybe there's somebody who's uh, gotten their phone since we talked about it or decided they're interested in that particular app since we talked about it. Or maybe they weren't coming around about it at that time. And so she's going to talk about Be My Eyes and also Be Specular? Yes. Sue Ellen? Okay. And these are, uh, Sue Ellen, I'm going to let you tell us about it, what they're for and what you do with them and why they can be so useful to us. The first one I'm going to talk about is is Be My Eyes, since that's the one we all kind of know about. And what this is, is it works very much like FaceTime. Um, it's a free app, no charges, no hidden anything like that. You just you can grab it in the App Store or I believe it's on Google Play as well. And what it does is when you go into the app, um, when you sign up initially, it'll ask you, are you a blind person needing assistance or are you a sighted person that wants to help? Um, and of course, we would say we're a blind person. And what it will do is it will connect you with a person. Um, with, they have a whole network of volunteers. Um, it may take a minute to get connected, but it doesn't take as long as it used to. I mean, when, you fir when I first got it, it wasn't... Um, unheard of to wait a half an hour or 15 minutes for some 15 minutes half an hour but now maybe five minutes and like I said you'll get a volunteer from could be anywhere and what you what you do is you explain to the volunteer what it is you need and using your camera they can help you I have used it let's see when my um, when voiceover went out on my Apple TV one time and I needed to get it back turned on. I, I, of course, I couldn't read the menus on the screen, so I got my handy dandy app and I got a person on the phone and they, they um, as, I, as I flicked through with the Apple TV remote, they told me what I was sitting on. Um, what screen I was on so that I could, until I got to where it said to turn on voiceover and voiceover started talking again. Um, I've heard of people using it when their computers have meltdowns and present the blue screen of death. I've heard of, uh, uh, I used it one time when I dropped something. I dropped a pill bottle or a pill or, I can't remember what now, but it was something small. And rather than spend 30 minutes on the floor doing a grid search, I just um, called Be My Eyes and they told me right where the thing was. And so I got it dealt with in five minutes. 
um, you know, um, I, I would use it for things like that. I do make sure when I'm using it that nothing uh, personally identifiable or private, um, you know, bills, bank statements, things like that, is anywhere in the field of where I'm going to be. Um, because these people, it's not, it's like IRA and that you're getting help, you don't, there's no, uh, you're getting help from a, a sighted person, but it's not like IRA in that the people are not bonded, they're, as I said, they're volunteers. There's no real training or anything like that. So that is something to be mindful of um, when you're when you're getting uh, help from, from there. Do we have some questions? Boy, Sue and I needed to use that last weekend when my computer quit talking. Oh yeah. Um, I heard of one person who used it when one of their animals had an accident to find out where the meth was. One of the things I have talked with, I, when I was up at the lake the other summer, I was talking with somebody and she said one of the things that's gotten a lot, the reason it's gotten a lot of people is apparently the new thing now is something called micro-volunteering. Because so many people are so busy with, you know, working multiple jobs and kids and everything, but they also want to volunteer because volunteering feels good and looks good and all that. Um, so what that, so, you know, but who has time to spend four hours at the food at the soup kitchen or whatever uh, is, is the attitude. So with this, they're basically they can volunteer when they're free. They can accept a request when they're free. So it's what they call micro-volunteering. It's like being an uber-volunteer. Yeah, exactly. I, I turn it on when you want to and turn it off. So, so Alan, have, have you ever uh, asked them, say like reading a, a grocery item, uh, have you used it or anything like that? Uh, yes, I have. And, um, and, and reading uh, instructions, uh, on a grocery app. Oh yes, I have done that. Um, I got um, one thing, um, and I'd had it for a couple a while, a couple weeks, and um, I couldn't remember what the microwave instructions were. So that yeah, I did that, and it worked really good. The volunteers are very good about telling you, you know, which way you need to turn your camera to give it the best view, that kind of thing. Somebody have another question? David does. Yeah. David, okay. My question is, uh, what are some of the differences, or are there any between that app and TapTapC? The main difference, David, is that um, with TapTapC, you take a picture, and you only you get your response back strictly as a text, as um, written words. Whereas with Be My Eyes, you're actually connected to a live human being who you can talk to and interact with. So it's, it, like I said, it's like FaceTime in that respect. Okay, who had a question? Yeah, Debbie. Yeah. Oh, Debbie has actually seen this app in action. I was over her house and she had a can of pop but she didn't know what it was, um, and she wanted to, uh, to offer it to me, but we wanted to know what I was going to be drinking before I took a drink. 
so we got to volunteer. Yes, yes, it is. It is free. Have you uh, ever uh, called them to have them like identify uh, like a clothing item if you're not sure like what color something is? I, I'm trying. I think I did once. I think I'd had something. I was looking for something specific. It was probably St. Patrick's Day, and I wanted to make sure it was green. I know that I have used it. In fact, this is one of the coolest things. I was in Joanne's one day, and I could not for the life of me get anyone's attention to help me. So I decided, hey, I got this cool app. I'm just going to start shopping myself. And I happened to end up by this rack, and I saw something that looked like it might be hair accessories, but I wanted to know what color they were. So I got a Be My Eyes volunteer, found out which pack had the most purples and pinks in it, and then went to the register and bought it. And I've also used it in there to find, uh, to look at, uh, to identify the different colors of yarn. So yeah, I've, it, and that is a neat feeling when you're in a smaller, that is a great thing when you're in a smaller store, especially where help is not plentiful. Anyone else? Okay, the other app that I was going to tell you about is Be Specular. Now, I found out about this app totally by accident. Ironically, I found out about it because my mother found it first and signed up as a volunteer. So if you ever used it and you get um, Pat or Patricia, you might be talking to my mother. Um, and I've actually seen her in action, and she's actually really good. I trained her well. <laughs> and um, so uh, what this is, it, this combines um, elements of um, Tap Tap C and Be My Eyes and it also um, has a rating system, um, which I'll explain about that in a minute, but what, um, what you do with this app um, again, you sign up whether you want to be a volunteer or a blind person, but this time, when you use it, what you do is you take a picture of the, the thing you want to know about, and then you, you either, you either um, type in, text in what it is you want to know about the item, or you can put a voice message, you can record your message, and you can also choose whether you want a written response only, a verbal response only, or both. And again, the volunteers at this are great at telling you if you know you need to try again with the camera a little more this way or that way. Um, but that I that that will take a bit longer because what happens is once you take your picture and put in your message about what you want, what information you need, you send it out and. People will, in the, and you will get responses back. Oh, I think the other option is you can get responses by email. So you you've got a lot of options. Um, you can and you can configure it whichever way you would like. And it's called. It's called B Specular. B E S P E C U L A R. I use it to be specular to identify my prescription bottles. Oh yeah, that is a good, I have used it for, the, I use that more 
for quick things. For more involved things, I use Be My Eyes. But for quick things like when I'm unpacking my groceries and I want to make sure I put things in the right cupboard and I pick up a box that I don't, I can't identify by shape or texture, then I will use Be Specular to identify what that item is. I've used Be My Eyes for things like I got a, I got um, a thank you card from somebody at church and because it was handwriting, uh, KNFB Reader wouldn't do anything with it. Um, seeing AI was shaky about it, so I used Be My Eyes and the person was able to read me what the thank you card said. Um, for simple things like, like, like I said, identifying what I'm taking out of the grocery bag or just identifying what color is the pendant on this necklace. I'll use Be Specular. You know, and like I said, the, the cool thing about that is you can choose how you want your responses and how you want, whether you want to record your message. When you, after you take the picture, it will say you swipe across the screen and there is a, um, a field to type in or there is a thing that you do the double tap and record to ask the question you want to ask. Sort of like what you do with uh, Facebook Messenger. So you might really like to use something like Be My Eyes, you know, precisely um, for that reason. Because you don't have to take a picture. They'll guide you on how to, how to position your phone so they can see what you need them to see. You know, so they're, they're, uh, these are really neat. I mean, I used to be a big one I'd make sure to make friends with my near neighbors because I never knew when I was going to need sighted assistance since my family's back home. I don't have to worry about that anymore, which is good because I haven't met anyone because a lot of my neighbors have crazier schedules than mine. Um, so it's, it, it's just so empowering to not need to go find somebody to come up and help you. You know, so that's... that's um, it's a really cool thing and, oh, I was gonna explain about the rating thing and be specular, okay. It, that is very much like Uber and Lyft and Postmates and everything else anymore these days. You can actually rate the volunteer that helped you. When you have listened to a recording, to a response or you know the text or whatever, it will present you a list that will say you, how, how helpful was this volunteer and it's a one, two, three, four, five stars. Uh, thing as you flick across the screen. So it's really, it's really kind of neat because I haven't read the entire policy about ratings, but I'm sure it works very much the way some of these others, they, it's to their benefit to get a good rating. You know, so that's kind of cool. Does anyone have any questions about Be Specular? I have a question about uh, both of these things, about these types of apps in general, of course I don't have an iPhone so I don't know much, but how would you keep from, if there are volunteers and, and phones and people signing up all over the country and the world and everywhere else <laughs> on Mars and where, <laughs> I don't know, but seriously, how do you, how do you keep from getting, how do you get just one volunteer to answer you. I mean, 
Okay, now that is the one thing I don't like about Be Specular, is with that, you can end up getting a couple of responses all in a flurry. Now, once you pulled up that first response, you'll get a query that asks, do you want to get any more responses? And you can just say yes or no. But you have to get through that, and sometimes that can take a minute. In the meantime, you've gotten five responses. What, what about the, the other app? The, uh, Be My Eyes, you only get one person because it's whoever answers the call uh, first. But how how you know several people aren't going to answer the call at the same time? You don't. You, you, it, it gives you to the first of it. It's, it, it, like I said, it's like Lyft or one of those, and that the first person that picks it up gets it. Yeah, what I do with these specular sometimes is I'll take several pictures. I'll move the phone around because uh, you can take you can use, send several pictures in one message first. In fact, they actually recommend you do that. That friend I talked with about that told me about micro volunteering. She said it's quite funny at the ad agency she works at. A number of the staff are be my eyes volunteers and they'll be in the middle of a staff meeting and a bunch of phones will go off and it's a race to see who's going to pick up first. <laughs> People will actually walk out of meetings because they got to help somebody. <laughs> okay, any other comments? Page three. The next article was posted by Sharon Lovering on ACB Leadership. It is taken from USA Today, published September 10, and it quotes ACB members Doug Wakefield and Don Barrett, as well as ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges, entitled, Technology Improves for People with Disabilities as Firms Respond to Moral Legal Demands by Edward C. Baig, B-A-I-G, USA Today. The photo caption says Xbox's latest release, the adaptive controller, allows compatibility external joysticks, pedals, switches, and buttons. Retiree Doug Wakefield is a tech enthusiast. The 76-year-old begins a typical day by donning his Apple Watch and listening to its synthesized voice deliver the weather. Over coffee, the Arlington, Virginia resident catches up on overnight news on his iPhone X and consumes books read out loud on topics like coding. His goal is to write apps for the iPhone. Blind since birth, Wakefield has been taking advantage of features on the most popular tech devices and platforms that have made them more useful to people with disabilities. These have meant big changes in the way he goes about his daily routine. A former broadcaster for the Department of Agriculture and later a computer specialist working in government, he uses Microsoft's Seeing AI app for the iPhone to, among other purposes, scan barcodes that let him distinguish the groceries that are delivered, packages of crackers, or the Chardonnay his wife prefers to the Pinot Noir he favors. Previously, someone would have to tell him and his wife, who is also blind, which bottle was which. Thanks to narration tracks on Netflix and Apple TV, he can take in a movie, 
following audio that depicts the scenes from what characters are wearing to their facial expressions. In 2016, Netflix reached an agreement with advocates for the blind community to add such audio description tracks to more of the content. One of the biggest shifts in Wakefield's day-to-day routine comes from the Amazon Echo, Google Home, and Apple HomePod. He owns all three voice-activated smart speakers. For example, he can summon the assistants to turn on household lights by voice. I often say if all these tools were around when I was going to school, it would have been a breeze, he says. Over the last few years, Apple, Google, Facebook, and Microsoft have leveraged artificial intelligence, computer vision, and advances in voice recognition to deliver tools to assist blind individuals and people who are deaf, have motor impairments, or other disabilities. At the same time, new technologies such as voice-activated speakers and more captioning on websites and in social media have widened access to some internet services. Pressured to do the right thing. Development of these specialized features are driven by a confluence of factors, a desire by tech leaders to be more inclusive, but also the need to satisfy legal and market imperatives. Quote, this is the right thing to do, both from a moral point of view, but it's also the right thing to do from a business point of view, says Amazon Director of Accessibility, Peter Korn. Companies must adhere to the 1990 Americans with Disabilities Act and comply with Section 508 of the Rehabilitation Act, which requires the federal government to make electronic and information technology accessible to people with disabilities. And many states have their own Section 508 type requirements or consumer protection statutes. Laws have provided the biggest benefit to blind people because, quote, you can't count on people's compassion to drive industry, says Annal Lewis, executive director for the Jernigan Institute at the National Federation of the Blind. Companies are also cognizant that to keep expanding their customer base, they need to make products that everyone can use. More than a billion people or about 15% of the global population, have some form of disability, according to the World Health Organization. What's more, as the general population ages, quote, accessibility is not something that is strictly thought of anymore as helping people who are blind or helping people who are deaf, says Jeff Freed, Director of Technology Projects and Web Media Standards, at the National Center for Accessible Media. When you make something accessible for a specific population, the entire population benefits. End of quote. Built-in tools, not afterthoughts. But there's still plenty of room for progress across the tech industry. Increased tech accessibility is needed to break down some of the barriers that prevents or make it difficult for people with disabilities to enter the workforce. In 2017, 18.7% of people with a disability were employed, 
the Bureau of Labor Statistics reports, compared to 65.7% of those without a disability. And the unemployment rate for people with a disability was 9.2%, more than double the 4.2% for the rest of the population. Artificial intelligence promises to help predict consumers' needs, model human conversation, and sort through vast tracts of data, all potentially helpful for people with disabilities. But, quote, we're still kind of at the starting line with AI in terms of what its promises are and what it will be able to deliver, said Eric Bridges, executive director of the American Council of the Blind. Advocates also warn that technological innovations meant as conveniences must avoid conferring a stigma on the user. Quote, People want their accessibility tools to be built into the same devices that everybody else is using whenever possible, rather than have their own device that makes them stand out because of their disability, said Eve Anderson, the Director of Accessibility Engineering at Google. Lewis of the Jernigan Institute was on a panel at an accessibility conference when an executive from IBM brought up the idea of an artificial intelligence robot that could help a blind person check into a hotel and show them around their room. While acknowledging it could be helpful for some, Lewis was insulted. Quote, just give me the key. If I get to the hotel and expect this AI robot to take me to the room, that's going to make me lazy and not practice my independent travel skills. And one day that technology may not work or not be available. What companies are doing. Microsoft recently came out with a $100 adaptive controller for the Xbox with multiple ports that are compatible with a range of optional accessibility peripherals, including bite switches, single-handed joysticks, and foot pedals. The packaging also has been designed for gamers who have limited mobility. One way is through the use of loops and a specially designed Break the Seal label. Designers also followed a No Teeth principle that didn't require users to open the package with their teeth. At its Build Developer Conference this past May, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, S-A-T-Y-A-N-A-D-E-L-L-A, announced an AI for Accessibility Pledge to spend $25 million over five years to put AI tools in the hands of developers who can accelerate the development of accessibility solutions. At its own I.O. developer conference last spring, Google revealed plans for a Lookout app coming later this year, which by employing machine learning and image processing, promises to help blind people wearing a pixel around their neck learn about their environment. It uses spoken cues to describe where a bathroom is located or to detect people, text, and objects around them, such as scissors at 12. Some accessibility features are fairly simple, 
On the iPhone, for example, a person with visual impairments can magnify the display or invert the screen colors to better make out the screen. Other tools on the phone are meant to help disabled users interact with switches and other adaptive accessories. Wakefield, for example, also uses a refreshable braille display that helps him feel in braille what is on the screen. Quote, I don't care how good synthetic speech is, sometimes they can really botch a word. He joked that the Jewish holiday of Tanika is always pronounced Chanuka. More than 50 third-party Bluetooth hearing aid models work with Apple's made-for-iPhone hearing aid program, which came out in 2013. Last year, Apple partnered with Cochlear on the first made-for-iPhone Cochlear implant. As part of the upcoming iOS 12 software update, consumers can also turn AirPods wireless earbuds into a hearing aid of sorts using an Apple-developed assistive technology called Live Listen. Amazon recently introduced a feature for the Echo Show smart speaker with a screen called Tap to Alexa, which lets people with speech impairments query Alexa without using their voice. Instead, they can tap the display and choose among preset menu options, maybe to have Alexa deliver weather or news. Folks can customize such requests too, perhaps using the Echo Show or Echo Spot to turn certain smart home devices on and off. Users of screen-based Echo devices can also turn on captioning. Disability advocates say that ideally, companies will build assistive technology into their development process, rather than as an afterthought. Quote, what some tech companies do is say, we'll release an accessible version later, and we'll talk about it like it's something really sexy and woohoo exciting. We really want it to be kind of boring and just be accessible, says Eve Hill, a partner at Brown, Goldstein, and Levy in Washington, D.C., and former Deputy Assistant Attorney General at the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division. Don Barrett, a member of the American Council of the Blind, agrees, quote, If you get coders and computer scientists accessibility-aware from the beginning, it's not a big deal. I think people just don't think along those lines, he said. There's a caption of Apple CEO Tim Cook with actor and deaf advocate Niall DeMarco making a surprise visit to California School for the Deaf in Fremont, California for the launch of company's Everyone Can Code initiative in May 2016. That attitude is changing. Apple CEO Tim Cook has been pushing the company's Everyone Can Code curricula for the Swift programming language to schools across the country that serve students who are deaf and blind. Quote, At Apple, we consider accessibility to be a basic human right, says Sarah Herlinger, Director of Global Accessibility Policy at the company. And more tech companies have dedicated accessibility units. Facebook's Matt King, 
was recruited from IBM in 2015. A year later, his project at the social network began helping sightless or low-vision people see what's in pictures by describing what's in them. At the time, the photo descriptions were only available in English and only on iOS and Android. Descriptions have since been rolled out to the web and to more than two dozen languages. Since then, Facebook has been expanding the kinds of audible descriptors it can identify, including such activities as sitting, eating, walking, or playing a musical instrument. And in December, it started naming friends in a photo using facial recognition. What's next? There's a caption of Matt King, a Facebook accessibility engineer who has been blind since childhood, working to create tools that will use artificial intelligence to identify objects in photos and describe them to users. Though not ready to be commercialized, a New York developer, Abhishek Singh, A-B-H-I-S-H-E-K-S-I-N-G-H, built a prototype that lets Alexa devices with a camera detect sign language and respond with transcribed text. Machine learning has made it possible for the computer to see an image of me and continuously make a prediction of what sign it thought I was making, Singh says. The purpose of this project was to start a conversation, not solve the entire sign language to text problem. And despite also being a work in progress, Microsoft's Seeing AI app is also providing benefits to people like Wakefield. Among its features, the app uses the phone's camera to describe a person's approximate age and mood, while not always with perfect accuracy, such as 47-year-old man looking happy. Seeing AI can also read text, identify currency, and describe colors, which can help a blind person pick out a matching outfit. Wakefield has one lasting complaint that people both with and without disabilities can relate to, the price of today's tech gear. Quote, a lot of people can't afford this stuff. Seeing AI is free, but the iPhone isn't. Page 4. The following information was posted by Anthony Stevens, ACB Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, on Friday, September 14, and is an action alert related to autonomous vehicles. Entitled, Action Alert, Senate Movement on Autonomous Vehicles. Greetings. As the U.S. Senate moves this month toward passing necessary legislation to fund the government, there exists an opportunity for inclusion of the AV Start Act S1885, which would move forward testing and manufacturing of autonomous vehicles. AVs have great potential toward expanding freedom of mobility for individuals unable to operate regular vehicles, and the technology being developed will significantly reduce vehicle-related pedestrian fatalities. Both of these issues are significant for Americans who are blind and visually impaired. The AV Start Act has two key provisions worth sharing with your senators. One, 
The bill will provide protections under the ADA to prohibit discrimination of operation based on an individual's disability. 2. The Department of Transportation will convene a stakeholder group, which will have on its plate issues encompassing accessibility. ACB believes these are two important pieces to the current landscape encompassing AV development not found in the House legislation passed last year. To this end, we urge the Senate to pass S-1885, assuring access remains on the table as this technology develops. To contact your state senators, call the U.S. Capitol switchboard at 202-224-3121. For more information on the AV Start Act, visit the bill's page on congress.gov. That link is https colon slash slash www.congress.gov slash bill slash 115th dash congress slash senate dash bill slash 1885. Sharon Lovering Editor of the ACB Braille Forum posted the following article on September 12 on leadership. It's entitled, Paralympian Danielle Umstead, First Visually Impaired Dancing with the Stars Contestant, joined by Mary Lou Retton. This is by Todd Kordemeyer. Olympic gold medalist Mary Lou Retton and Paralympic medalist Danelle Umstead will look to make it a Team USA sweep in 2018 as they are set to compete on the fall season of Dancing with the Stars. Olympic medalist figure skater Adam Rippon took the Mirror Ball Trophy in the show's spring season, the sixth member of Team USA to do so. Retton becomes the 32nd U.S. Olympian to compete on the show and the sixth gymnast, and Umstead is the third Paralympian and first skier from either the Olympic or Paralympic Games. Umstead also is making history as the first visually impaired contestant. Retton, 50, won the all-around gold medal in gymnastics at the Olympic Games Los Angeles 1984 as well as a pair of silver medals in team and vault and bronze medals in uneven bars and floor exercises. At the time, her five Olympic medals made her the most decorated woman in American gymnastics. She was the first American woman to win an all-round gold medal, and nobody would match her until Carly Patterson in 2004. Retton will be paired with professional dancer Sasha Farber, who last season finished third with two-time Olympic figure skater Tanya Harding. Umstead, 46, made her Paralympic debut in 2010 and won bronze medals in downhill and super combined. She defended her super combined bronze medal in 2014 and made her third Paralympic Games appearance last March. She competes with her sighted guide and husband, Rob, whom she met while skiing in New Mexico. Umstead is dancing with Artem Chigvintsev, 
A-R-T-E-M-C-H-I-G-V-I-N-T-S-E-V, who has previously teamed with two-time Olympic medalist figure skater Nancy Kerrigan and three-time Olympic snowboarding medalist Jamie Anderson. The 27th season of Dancing with the Stars gets underway on September 24. Eleven other celebrities will be competing for the Mirror Ball. Bachelorette contestant Joe Amabile, radio host Bobby Bones, actor Juan Pablo de Pace, comedian Nikki Glasser, actress Ivana Lynch, actor Milo Mannheim, actress Nancy McKeon, model Alexis Wren, actor John Schneider, singer-songwriter Tinash, and former NFL player Demarcus Ware. This next article was posted by Bob Hache on ACBL on September 12. This is from the Boston Globe and is entitled Fighting to Disarm a Thief of Sight. Macular degeneration patients have had little recourse. That could soon change. This is written by Robert Weissman on the Globe staff. Sometimes it starts with wavy vision. Objects appear distorted. Familiar faces go blurry. Sean Tier, a 48-year-old healthcare consultant from Duxbury, struggled to read menus in dimly lit restaurants. After a battery of tests, his ophthalmologist told him he had age-related macular degeneration, or AMD, an eye disease that afflicts more than 9 million Americans and can cause serious vision loss. Quote, it came as a complete shock, said Terror. The prevalence of the condition is rising as the population ages. The number of early stage cases for those 50 and older is projected to nearly double to 17.8 million in the United States by 2050, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. For baby boomers, who are living longer than past generations and fiercely prize their independence. It's a dreaded diagnosis that threatens to rob them of everyday functions, such as reading, driving, cooking, or watching television. With the increase in cases has come a burst of research activity. There's currently no cure for the disorder and no treatment for its most common form, which accounts for 85% of cases. But scientists in Massachusetts and around the world are experimenting with dozens of drug candidates, including about 20 in clinical trials that work to preserve vision and ideally restore sight. They include not only well-established drugs, such as repurposed statins, but also new approaches, such as gene therapies, stem cell treatments, and medicines tailored to the genetic makeup of patients. Quote, We're close to seeing some important findings, said Dr. Joan Miller, chief of the ophthalmology department at Massachusetts Eye and Ear Infirmary in Boston. The disease, considered the leading cause of blindness in older Americans, is triggered by fatty deposits that damage a spot in the retina called a macular, which lets the eye see fine detail. Its rate of progression varies. 
Some patients don't experience vision loss for many years. Others lose sight in their central field of vision, inhibiting their ability to see straight ahead but retain peripheral vision. Patients with a more severe form of the disease can receive periodic injections of an antibody into the eye that can slow progression of the disease by blocking leaky blood vessels. Miller, who helped pioneer the science behind Lucentis, approved by the Food and Drug Administration in 2006 as the first treatment for age-related macular degeneration, hopes to see a new generation of treatments emerging in the next five to ten years. Some of those new treatments could be less uncomfortable and time-consuming than today's injections. The emerging field of gene therapies, for instance, promises one-and-done procedures that could stop the disease in its tracks by inserting healthy genes into cells in place of defective or missing ones. Another approach involves stimulating cells in the retina to act as mini-production factories that generate proteins to protect the macular. Such advances can't come soon enough for such patients as Laura Brennan, 64, of South Boston, who gets shots into her eyes every two months to stabilize her vision. Brennan, who first experienced wavy vision when she was in her 50s, is determined to keep living her normal life. The injections and other adjustments have enabled her to continue walking, swimming, and working as a chef for Foodies Market in South Boston and the South End. Quote, when I first noticed that I couldn't make out someone's face across the room, that was very difficult, said Brennan, who recalls her father also developing macular degeneration late in life. But I've been able to adapt. I know who people are by their steps or their voice. At this point, my goal is to preserve the vision that I have, not to have it decrease any more. Himera Biosciences, a Waltham startup, is seeking to develop a kind of vaccine that would make treatments easier and less invasive for patients like Brennan. End of title. Page 5. The Sound Prince Calendar. On September 17, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will have a board meeting at 7.30 p.m. by conference call. 669-900-6833. Enter code 3572-595-193. On September 20, Savvy will have a booth at Senior Day Out in Owensboro, 8.30 a.m. to noon. Stop by the Savvy booth at Town Square Mall in Owensboro to learn more about visual impairment and Savvy. On September 21, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind invites you to our quarterly meeting and dinner. Roundabout activities begin at 3.30. Registration and bargain table at 4.30. Program, business, and dinner at 5.15. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. The cost is $6 per person. For information and sign up, call 502 895 4598. On September 23, ACB Families invites you to its parent support group meeting. 
by conference call at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900 and entering 796-096. On September 24, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have its next membership conference call at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The number is 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On September 26, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have a peer support group meeting at its office in Lexington from noon to 2 p.m. The address is 1093 South Broadway, and you need to call ahead 859-259-1834 for more information. On September 27, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its second peer support group meeting of the month in Louisville, 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street. The speaker will be from the American Printing House for the Blind, and this will be an opportunity to try low vision products from APH. For more information, contact the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. On September 28, Savvy will hold another iPhone accessibility workshop from 10 a.m. to noon Central Time. Join them as they explore accessibility features of the iPhone for the visually impaired at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Contact Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170 for more information. On September 28, the Greater Louisville Roundabout will have a number of activities, including education and technology, braille, iPhones, and orbit readers from 3.30 to 5, the tip sheet from 5 to 5.30, page turners and Tri-State Library users meeting 5.30 to 6, dinner $6 per person from 6 to 7, the KCB Next Generation activity at 7 o'clock, and games and crafts until 9.30 all at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Sign up by calling 502-895-4598. On September 29, the American Printing House for the Blind Museum will host Coping with Vision Loss from 1 to 3 p.m. People new to vision loss must address a host of practical issues and cope with a myriad of emotions. APH is bringing together a panel of experts to help tackle the tough questions. Come and be part of the discussion. 1839 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. Admission is free, but registration is required. Call 502-899-2213. And looking ahead to a few events in October, on October 2, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold a conference call meeting at 8 p.m. on the line at... 605-475-6006, and the code is 294444. This is for individuals statewide who are experiencing low vision. People are encouraged to come and ask questions, share tips, and offer comments. On October 4, the American Council of Blind Lions will hold its monthly conference call 
for blind lions from across the United States. This is an excellent opportunity to share ideas about how to be involved in local Lions Clubs. At 9 p.m. Eastern Time, call 712-432-3900 and enter code 796 On October 5, GLCB will hold a roundabout with Education and Technology at 3.30 to 5 p.m. Discussion time from 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, $6 per person, and bingo from 7 until 9.30. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On October 7, GLCB committees will meet by conference call, advocacy at 7 p.m., education, activities, and technology at 8 p.m. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444 to participate. And in November, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its state convention on November 16 and 17 at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Out-of-town guests stay at the Ramada Inn, 1041 Zorn Avenue. Hotel reservations can be made by calling 502-897-5101. More details on convention registration will be coming soon, and pre-registration is expected to open between October 10 and October 15. For more information, call KCB at 502-895-4598. And in December, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Christmas Party will be held on Saturday, December 1 at United Crescent Hill Ministries. More information will be coming soon. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598. Or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.